Letter thirty six of A Lady's Life on a Farm in Manitoba by Mrs. Cecil B. Hall. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. The Ranch, September twenty ninth. This is the country I should like to have a farm in, were I bound to immigrate. In this valley, every sort of grain and vegetable seem to grow in the most luxuriant way, and we have been feasting on tomatoes, cabbages, beets, lettuces, etc. The butcher, who is also greengrocer, sent a potato twelve inches long by nine round, hoping the ladies would take it in their trunks to England as an average specimen. Then on the mesa, or parks above the foothills, large herds of cattle can always graze through the winter. We have had jelly made of squawberries and the Oregon grape, which is excellent. There are also wild gooseberries and black currants, both of which we have found. This ranch is one hundred and sixty acres. The only buildings the owner has put up are the dwelling-house and one shed as a stable and implement-house. Hay last year was selling at ten to twelve pounds a ton, potatoes three pence to six pence a pound, oats four pence a pound, and everything in proportion, eggs three shillings to four shillings a dozen all the year round, milk six pence a quart, so that any man ought to make a very large profit, the land originally costing him nothing, and excepting in hay or harvest-time, very little labor required. Oats are cut very green and stacked for winter fodder. These fertile valleys are very limited in number, and as the consumption must be on the increase, mines being discovered and opened out, some time must elapse, and the railway come nearer, air competition reduces the prices, or the farmer's profits are lessened. The people round are most kind and friendly, and would be more so had they received the slightest encouragement. But Mr. W. gave out we wanted to know no one, that we were not to be in Ure, and that all our time was to be taken up seeing the country. We went one day up Bear Creek, as Mr. W. was asked to see a mine, and dined with the manager and his wife. They gave us a sumptuous repast, and tried to persuade E. and I to remain the night, though we were only about four miles from home, but even we two are not un-Englishified as yet not to object to sleeping with two other people. They had only one room for kitchen, bed, sitting-room, etc., and it is curious how little one thinks of the bed standing in one corner, the washing-stand in another, whilst the kitchen-stove and scullery fill up a third. I suggested that when strangers did sleep there, they gave them the adjoining cabin, but was told that a trussel-bed put alongside of the host took no room whatsoever. Mr. W. tells a funny story of a picnic-party in the mountains in an old cabin of his, which only contained one room, and where five women and six men had to sleep the night, the women occupying the bunks, the men, after promenading outside whilst the women were getting into bed, sleeping on the floor. They all laughed and talked so much that daylight almost appeared before any of them got to sleep, and there was a regular stampede under the blankets among the ladies when a match was struck one of the men objecting to his neighbor lying alongside of him with all his clothes on. End of letter 36. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.